Welcome to the Dermot and Dave Our Belief Tour podcast, a new series giving you the chance to catch all the action behind the scenes. Dermot and Dave's Out Believe Tour podcast. With Sky, proud partner and supporter of our women's national football team. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Dermot and Dave's Out Believe Tour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we all know Australia is full of sharks, but what do you actually do if you see the fin coming out of the water? We talk to Bondi Rescue about that very thing. You think the weather's bad in Ireland? It's even suckier in Perth. And also, Dave's not here, because he's gone off to do something very special. He's back! Dave! Guys, the theatre of the mind. I thought you were standing us up. Uh, no, sorry, I just uh, got an Uber and it was just a few minutes late, sorry, because I had to go guitar shopping. Is that uh, we're talking about guitar shopping? Well, we are now. Okay. Uh, I went guitar shopping. I bought a guitar. Is this okay? Where is it? It's downstairs. I can't even show it to you. Why? Because, very kindly, what they've done is they've I, I upgraded the backpack that comes with it to a, to a hard case, because I need to ship it, or take it on the plane or whatever back to Ireland so it's in a hard case but it's also then in the box that the hard case comes in and that's been like cable tied shut and sellotaped and everything so it's yeah. really secure so you can't, you can't show us I can't show you so what it looks like how do you know that they haven't just gone this idiot from Ireland <laughs> let's fill it full of just planks of wood <laughs> and he won't notice till he gets home You've no I, idea. I didn't think about that until now, but I'm going to trust the lads at Ormsby Guitars. In fact, given the expensive nature of the woods that they have in Australia, if they filled it with wood, I'd probably make money on it. <laughs> <laughs> sell, sell the exotic tops and necks and everything. I think the fact that it's wrapped really well, um, I just think baggage handlers see that as a challenge. <laughs> It's not a deterrent. It's a challenge. <laughs> They're going to go, ooh, double wrapped, cable tied. Hey, Tony, bring over the forklift. Let's see if we can't drive over this well, actually, expensive instrument. Beto, who's a Venezuelan lad who works in the company, uh, was kind of taking me on the tour. He explained to me that one of their cases did get run over by a uh, baggage handling forklift. Oh. And all that happened to the guitar was because the case withstood the weight of the forklift but the, but a bit of it pushed down and made a little mark up beside one of the, the tuners on the guitar head that was it isn't the arm sticking out of the top of it the handle handle yeah what if that breaks like that's just a tiny piece of wood sticking out the top well if that breaks doesn't the handle of the, the guitar doesn't have a handle the handle of the case guitars don't have handles <laughs> I mean, I've designed so, some weird guitars in my time Sean but it doesn't have handles what, what if we get to the airport because we still have one more inland flight to do there, they are not. I'm just gonna say it. They're not as sound as the L International oh, lads, right? How dare you? So when we rock up to the check based in our bags, that, sorry, based on that one guy, <laughs> and your bag was massively overweight, uh, and the other bag was massively underweight. Um, if we rock up now, tomorrow to mm-hmm. check in our bags, and they go, sorry, sir, you're gonna have to open that up. What are you gonna do? It's cable tied and wrapped to be Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm not foreseeing that's going to be an issue. Like, they don't need to see what's in it. It just needs to be a certain what weight and like, you pay the money. He's, he's 
carrying. But that's what's secu- that it goes Say through. Say hello to my little friend. The, the guy who, who takes your money off you at the desk and gives you your boarding card doesn't run security. But don't you have to pay a, a premium for a musical instrument? Yeah, you? I will have to pay whatever it costs to get it both to Brisbane and then to Ireland. So, you know. Look, let's not discuss the money it's going to cost <laughs> to get this home. I'm excited. I just bought a His new wife guitar. Listens. Um, yeah, I'm very, 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 very happy. And the people in Ormsby Guitars are so sound. And Can you oh. describe the guitar? Yeah. So it's, I guess, what you would call a kind of normal guitar shape. To anyone that's an electric guitar shape, it's called a Strat shape. Uh, Stratocaster is the Fender guitar invented in the 50s that we all know very well. So very normal shape. However, uh, it has a harpoon headstock. Okay. So this is where when the strings go up the guitar and they meet the guitar tuning mm. heads at the top, that top bit of the guitar, mm. uh, you can kind of do any shape you want there. Some people do three on one side, three on the other side. Some people do six in line, you know, on one side or whatever. This has six on one side. But the guitar itself, the, the guitar headstock is cut out and comes back around in a point. So it looks like a harpoon. You know, harpoons, that mm. you know, the yeah. old-fashioned way of spearing fish or whatever. Cool. But actually, again... Perry Ormsby, who runs the company, was telling me he had to do loads of maths to figure out how to shave off wood but still have enough strength in the wood because there's so much tension on those strings. A lot of people don't realize the amount of PSI or whatever it is, but the amount of pressure on certain parts of a guitar when the strings are, are tight. So he had to work out all this maths and put make sure there was 16 mil of wood here and 18 mil of wood this way, whatever. But it looks absolutely amazing. And then the color of it is... Is it the one I picked on the plane? No. No, because I didn't actually see this one when we were sitting on the plane. Because you didn't like it, the one I picked. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. I just, <laughs> I just, I wanted other things. I thought I wanted something called a dragon burst color, which is a purple uh, into a kind of a a magenta, like a dark purple into a bright magenta. I thought that's what I wanted until I saw this, which is, it's really dark around the edges, and then it goes really light blue and kind of woody beige coming out the middle it's gorgeous no it's not gorgeous. just pieces of wood they put into the case <laughs> <laughs> that's what they told you was I'm yep. gonna be disappointed uh, but I'm very excited to get it home and play it Class. and guys it's got fan frets we all excited about I fan mean, frets yeah. well, I won't explain fan frets that's, that's a different kind of podcast but anyway I'm just very excited just as long as you have enough PRSI anyway to pay <laughs> paid off and it, that's all that matters PRSI. I've just been to the gym and uh, I've got post-gym jelly arms and holding <laughs> this microphone is particularly <laughs> difficult. Are your hands shaking? <laughs> God help me when I go to shampoo my hair in a minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you're not swimming away from a shark. Am I right? Segway, segway. Next part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were on Bondi Beach and we hung out with Hoppo, which you, you'll all know from Bondi Rescue. Man's an absolute legend and a total celebrity. Like, yeah. it's more selfies than we've ever had to take in yeah. Ireland. Bondi is interesting. It's a little bit trashy. Like, it's a little bit scuzz, scuzzy, isn't it? That's harsh. Bit? That's harsh. I'd agree. Like, the beach is nice. I, I would say in the, in the heat and the height of summer, I'd say it's a bit of a, in the nicest possible way, a bit of a ballybunion. I think our peaches in Ireland, oh, that was a bit shady, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think from being in Bondi, I think our beaches in Ireland are nicer. But I suppose it's very different. This is a horseshoe beach, so it's of only a particular size. You know what I mean? Because it kind of comes in around, obviously, in the shape of a horseshoe. So, you know, there's it can only be a certain size. Like my the beach I live beside in Port Marnock in Dublin is two kilometers long or whatever. So it's obviously Bondi isn't that at all. But 
it's popular because the surf is unbelievable. So mm. there's people always surfing all year round. In Bondi. In Bondi. And then there's like, it's such a popular spot to go and say you've been to Bondi and everything that goes around it. So the bars and the restaurants and the nightlife and the fun and the crack and the bring the kids during the day and whatever else. There's 30,000 people there on a normal, hot, summer, sunny on weekend. The beach. On the beach. Yeah. So it's not massive. It is going to be absolutely jam-packed full of people. But I don't think the area around it, like I, I wasn't, I didn't think it was kind of in any way scuzzier than, you know, other beaches. I didn't expect it to be kind of yeah, okay, I'm being hard on it. Idyllic. I'm being hard on it. Like, the, the Whit Sundays. Sorry. The Whit Sorry. You're going to tell Hoppo on you. The, uh, the Whit Sundays that Sean wants to go or is supposed to go and see, I've never been. But these are like, they get awarded the best beaches in the world. These are the ridiculous, like, turquoise, mm. proper blue water. The absolute whitest sand you can imagine. Yeah. Absolute nightmare to walk the on. The Bondi was, that was quite white. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for a city beach, you know, I mean, yeah. you look at our city beaches, a lot of them, you know, particularly on the East Coast, you know, leave a lot to be desired. But um, I, well, last time I was in Australia, I, I went to a really, I can't remember the name of the area, um, but it's like a really beautiful beach further up the coast. But it's where the exterior of the home and away ah, surf cool. club is. Deadly. That is cool. Yeah. So that, that was pretty cool. That's the thing. I would say most Australians, if they listen to this, would go, why are you going to Bondi? It's just a tourist trap. It's, it's perfect. It's you know, yeah. whereas, the, the as you said. The of beaches. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> so true. I've listened to enough Australian crime podcasts to know they talk about, like, the north beaches of Sydney yeah. being completely amazing but even, or whatever. But even our know. boss back home, Fiona, was talking about Bronte Beach. Mm. And saying that that actually that is a way more beautiful beach than yeah. Bondi. But Bondi's the iconic one. It's the one but then she still sent us see. to Bondi. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't want us to see beauty. She wanted us to be yeah. iconic. Just when, get to work. When you were here the last time, did you do the Bondi to Kudji Walk? I think I spoke about this before. No, I didn't do it. That, now, that is cool. When you're walking along that, the houses along there are like proper... Like stuff you'd see in Selling Sunset. It's just like yeah. all glass houses mm. on a cliff looking onto Bondi. And, Gorgeous. Oh, it's amazing. That is That part of it is cool. Mm. I, I get the impression that anywhere in Australia, if you're at the coast and you're near a beach and your gaff is there, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> like they're all, yeah. like all the beaches that, I, that we were at, the, I was at the other day in a certain part of Perth. Like the beaches were breathtaking. The yeah. houses were unbelievable. The Gorgeous, views were ridiculous. Yeah. And I'd say if you were... Up north in the northern territories on the coast, it's probably the same. If you were, you know, in Melbourne or up in Queensland, like it's just, it is breathtakingly beautiful. Do you know what I couldn't get past is like, you know, when you're on a beach at home and you're like, ah, yeah, like go in the water if you want, like fine, whatever. Like you two ran into the water on Bondi Beach Mm. and I was like, Oh my God, this is the end. I'm going to see a fin. It's going to make its way up to Dermot and Dave. I'm just going to gobble them up right away. Because I'm so aware of like how many sharks are looking back at me right now that I don't know about. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I suppose, look, it's hard to get past the monster impression we have of things like grey white sharks or whatever. Yeah. But I know it's, and I know these facts never really get into our psyche. But all the things like more people die from cows than die from sharks every year all around the world or more people die from donkeys standing on them every year whatever it is like they're all true like the amount of shark attacks are so low however we're here for two weeks and about three days ago what was the first item on the news 
a shark attack. Yeah, <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. it just happens infrequently, but it happens enough for the, the kind of myth of the monster in your head to be mm. perpetuated. Yeah. Well, I guess if you are going swimming in Australia, maybe even on Bondi, you have to know what to do if you're there swimming around and then and you see the fin coming out of the water. What do you do if a shark appears in front of you? Well, we put that question to Hopper from Bondi Rescue on Bondi Beach, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, we do. We've had that over the years. Put the alarm on, people all scamper out, and yeah. Wait, so there's an alarm for when there's a shark around? Yeah, so if we see a, a shark or someone alerts us and we identify it, we uh, put the, the siren on, and uh, once the siren goes on, everyone knows to get out of the water. What is, does everyone just come running at once? Yeah, pretty much most come running out, but the board riders, most of them, they'll stay in, but yeah, most of the swimmers will get out. Can you say that phrase for me? There's a shark in the water. <laughs> Do you know what's m the most amazing thing about that? Is that some people hear the shark alarm and don't get out of the water. <laughs> like, we've all been having breakfast the day after a wedding in a hotel and you hear the fire alarm. You're like, I'm not moving. I've got sausages in front of me. <laughs> but it's a different kettle of fish, uh, yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah. When you know there's a shark in the water and you're like, yeah, I think I'll take my chances. Have you ever seen the drone? They have drones that can fly out over certain beaches where the sharks really are. I think way more so than Bondi but they have loudspeakers attached to them. So the drone pilot flies out because he can obviously see into the water that you can't see when you're on the level of the water. Yeah. And particularly um, paddleboarders, stand-up mm. paddleboards, uh, whatever movement they do with the oar in the water and the, the way the board is shaped, sharks are attracted to them. So they'll fly over, they'll talk down and they'll say, mate, just to let you know, there's a great white, you know, 20 meters away. He's oh. looking at and those guys go, okay, thanks. And they just sit on their paddleboard. And they what? stop paddling. Because oh, they're not going to make it back in. Like, so they just have to stop the movement that's attracting the shark. And the, the drone will stay. The shark oh, will circle. Terrifying. And then head off. Do you know I the part help. that out of all the animal stuff we've done this week, right? The part that scares me, and I was saying this to Grace, the Australian producer. Koalas. No. <laughs> what I mean <laughs> is, do you ever go to these like enclosures <laughs> or anything like that? Or, and they're like... Um, Animals can sense fear, so if they if they come running at you, <laughs> stay still or uh, don't paddle. Like, how are you supposed to stay still if an animal is running at you? It's like that's the part that scares me. All, all every time we've done anything animal related, it's mm. like animals can sense fear. <laughs> yes, so I what should we do? Just stand there and be fearful and let Sean's them kill reaction me. whenever when we were at that the wildlife park. Sean's reaction whenever an animal was anywhere near him. He was like, no, no, no. What's that doing there? What's that doing there? There was a bird outside its cage, nearly looking back into the cage, wanting to get back in. And Sean was like, no, no, that's not safe. That's not safe. What's he doing there? Why is he out of his cage? He and I, can, I can honestly tell you, none of that was put on for theatrical. Oh, we know, like, I Oh, no, I know. didn't enjoy it. But speaking of being in that wildlife park, lads, the rain that fell would put Ireland to shame. Honestly, it's been so crazy here the last little while. Like, since we got to Perth, there, we had a couple of days at the weekend which were glorious, just beautiful days, 18 to 20. Sun was out. When the sun was out, it was really warm. If you were somewhere behind a cloud or you were in the shade, a bit cooler. But, like, it's their winter, but, like, yeah. proper Irish summer day. And then the rain. Everyone, oh, They're all telling us, oh, rain's on the way. Every Uber driver, every person we met was like, oh, it's going to rain during the week. And then Wednesday night... 
Wednesday all day, but then Wednesday night at the game. Oh my god! And Thursday at the wildlife park. Just torrential rain. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it's their winter. Like it could be way worse. Like it it's sunny be. today. We're all in shorts, mm. and we're like the weather here. What a joke! <laughs> no, but it's weather like, rain. Cast your mind to say like the third of February in Ireland. <laughs> and how's that working out? Okay, yeah, but, but it on. wasn't the rain that fell in the wildlife park. That rain, like even when we came out of, we were in a little enclosure, and when we came out, Deb, our tour guide, was like, "Oh my, like." It's flooded. The place was flooded. You mm. just step over like little mini lakes <laughs> because of the rain that fell. Actually, can I just say <laughs> one bit grossed me. I'm not like an over likely prudish. Yeah, I'm not prudish. Very. What, Maria? We're very, watching an ad today about earwax cleaning and you need to turn away from the television. Because I was eating. Just, oh, but no. very few things turn my stomach, right? And what comes out of people, animals, whatever, noses, I can't cope with. <laughs> I used to be a hotel cleaner. You see everything, right? Oh, God, that's disgusting. You see everything. <laughs> the only thing I can't cope with is what comes out of your nose. Um, and I sat down while you had, Dave had this snake around his neck. Yeah, Onyx. Pulling a Britney Spears, as somebody mm-hmm. quite funnily said. Uh, I sat down beside Deb, our tour guide, uh, who was holding Jesse, the stinky wombat. And... I looked just as she was um, picking the wombat's nose. And she was like, Ugh. oh, oh, Jesse, you've got boogers. You have boogers. You have boogers up your nose. Oh, boogers. And the wombat was like trying to get away from her. Like, <laughs> get off my nose. I can pick and my I own nose. Thank you very much. I have never wanted to vomit <laughs> on the spot so much in my life. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Uh, I love it. I said this, I think it was in the, it was in the Uber the other day. I said, I don't want to jinx this trip to Australia because we're not finished yet. <laughs> yeah. Still got a few days in Perth and then we're going to Brisbane. Yeah. Isn't this the most insect-free holiday you've ever been on? Well, the only person that's seen an insect was me. <laughs> that's what I mean, but you saw one cockroach. A cucaracha. <laughs> yeah. Una cucaracha in Sydney. And like, and it was a baby. It was a small one, but it lived under a glass. But when we had boogers of its nose. We, <laughs> spider boogers. Someone called Deb. We had a spider expert come on the show before we left to tell you all about the funnel web spiders, mm. the huntsman. I do check my runners every morning. That's good. You're supposed to. But I will say, in where we stayed in Sydney, I definitely felt like there were more chances of bugs getting in. Right. Here, for some reason, well, sorry, not for some reason, I have no windows in my room. So I am quite yeah, We also have a front door that doesn't close. So if anyone wants to get in, Yeah, but I'm can. the furthest from it. You so are. So it's not going to get me first. Maria lives through a cupboard in Narnia <laughs> So I, I still check my runners in the mornings, but I don't lock them away. I was locking them away. Well, it's, it's, it's only Sydney. time. It's yeah. no surprise. Uh, most of the creatures are hibernating. Yeah, but even like flies, like there's been, there's yeah, been there's nothing. nothing. Yeah. Like... Sure. I saw a fly the other day in, in the wildlife thing yesterday going for a wee. And there you was saw a fly. fly going for a wee? <laughs> no, I was going for a wee. Oh, and I was fly, like, how does that work? They cock their leg. <laughs> Which leg? <laughs> and I kind of flicked at it for it to go away. And kind of went, and it, I just realized, I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen hardly any insects this entire time. I don't know. Oh, God. It's better than it's supposed to be, Maria. Yeah, well, I guess if we come back in summer, it'll be a different story. No, thanks. I'm good. Maria, look at the cheese. Look at the fucking... No, no, no. Didn't work. Bye.
No, on the next episode, we're going to find out which of us is the best housemate and which is the worst. Ooh. You've been listening to a Today FM podcast. We hope you'll join us again for the next episode. Dermot and Dave's Out Believe Tour podcast. With Sky, proud partner and supporter of our women's national football team.